Latest United We Stand podcast. I'm walking to the stadium in sunny Oslo. It's an absolutely beautiful day. It's two or three hours, and this podcast is brought to you in association with Betfred. Fred Doan is a Salford Red. He opened his first shop in Salford in 1967. It's Manchester United against Atletico Madrid today. I've seen one Atletico shirt so far. It's all <laughs> Manchester United. The gentleman laughing next to me is, is Sammy McElroy. It's been lovely to spend some time with him. I grew up in an area where Sam lived for many, many years. And he was really helpful to me as a young journalist. Um, inviting me into his dressing room at Morecambe on the, the, the day of their first ever game in the Football League. At Macclesfield Town, who he took up and up. Great side. Cracking non-league side. And now I'm looking after him. The other way around. And he's over here to do some some media stuff. Sam, are you enjoying yourself? Absolutely fantastic. As you say, Andy, good atmosphere at the moment. All red shirts, which is lovely to see. And the weather, fantastic. Looking forward to the game. Can you remember much of your pre-season tours with, with funny, Manchester United? Funny enough, Andy, we used to come to Scandinavia quite a bit. Yeah. Norway as well, especially under the likes of Tommy Dockery's uh, teams. We always came here pre-season. So, yeah. so as I understand it, there was no alcohol on them tours. You're <laughs> under a strict curfew yeah. all of the time. Early on, obviously, it was getting fit for the season, but uh, we, under the dock as well, he found time to give us a little bit of free time where we could have like an odd beer here and there, but obviously things have changed today. Was it expensive then? Very expensive then, it's always been, but now, oh my God, it's, uh, it's ridiculous, the price. But uh, it's lovely being here because Manchester United daft and they're lovely people. They look after you 100%. You all struggle to buy a beer here. There's a lot of love for you. There's people offering to buy your beers. Who, who were the characters on your pre-season tours? Who were the ones who were... Great fun in the bar, making you laugh all the time. Funny enough, you know, one, one comes straight to my mind is Lou McCarry. And Lou McCarry was a teetotaler, by the way. Lou didn't drink, but he used to sit around the lads and, uh, and, uh, and come up with some unbelievable pranks. Uh, but I couldn't understand Lou just watching the boys have a drink here and there and talking a load of rubbish probably at some stage of the night. But Lou did it, and uh, he, was, he was great company. Lou's a wonderful human for all the work he's doing. Yeah, absolutely. In Stoke, where, where he's settled, and we've got a lot of time for him, but he was a king prankster. All so the time. I'm sure Sam might remember one or two um, pranks that he did, but Lou told me one that when United played Juventus in 77, the Italian press played the English press at the cliff, and while they were out playing, Lou got a pair of scissors and he went in and he cut the ends of the socks of all the Italian journalists yeah. and then he put the sock ends into a large tea urn yeah. and he reckons that the Italian journalists came in, started drinking tea made with their socks, saying, oh, this is very good English. Yeah. Well, and then putting the socks on and the socks just shot up the legs because he had holes, holes in the bottom. He did the same to me, Andy. When well, I, he put when your socks up. He, he, when I came back from... Um, my first game at Old Trafford when I played for Stoke City. He came into the Stoke City dressing room, asked the lads where I was changing, <laughs> went to my shoes, took the socks out and cut them right down the middle. Uh, that was Lou. And, and you suspected it would have been him? Oh, I knew right away who it was going to be. Don't worry about that. Top player right though, wasn't he? Oh, fantastic. Very, very fit. Lou was one of the fittest footballers I ever played with. He trained very hard and, um, and, and in the game, he was non-stop for 90 minutes. What would be your highlights as a Manchester United player? 
always the debut always comes to mind against a great side, Manchester City at the time. Uh, 3-3, 3-3 game I scored as well. Uh, and uh, obviously winning the FA Cup in 77 against Liverpool um, was, was, was a great occasion, especially after we lost it in 76 when we were odds-on favourites. So there, winning a the cup at Wembley is, uh, always stands out. How do you look back at a period in your life? Is it, is it great memories? Are people reminding you of them all of the time? I, I meet some footballers uh, yeah, who I, look yeah. forward and not back. I've been, I've been lucky enough to sort of stay in the game uh, since I packed in playing and um, you know being a manager and being quite successful which, which also helps as a, as a manager so just now someone's asking for a picture of Sam and he managed Northern Ireland Morecambe I'm going to try and remember the teams you managed and I reckon Ashton United he managed Ashton United. Ashton United was a, was a club that was asked to stand in for for the last three months of the season, and uh, we we missed out in the last game for promotion, drawn at uh, Harrogate, and uh, Nosley won their last game and they went up. So I was there for three months at Ashton, and that was absolutely an experience that I'll never forget. Managing Ashton for three months. My brother was a centre-forward and he got sent off, in, in his words, fighting with a scouser. Um, <laughs> well, that's very <laughs> easy to do. <laughs> which, uh, Can I take a yeah, of course. And which other clubs did you manage at then? There was Morecambe, there, well, was, there was Mac. Northwich was my first one. Of course, yeah. Um, Drillfield was the oldest no, ground in the football ab- world. Absolutely. Ab- what a the shame drill it's field, gone. The drill what field. a great shame. Absolutely. Northwich, then Ashton for three months and then uh, Macclesfield. Um, Northern Ireland and um, Stockport uh, when I came out of Northern Ireland I was manager of Stockport for a, for a, a while so I've, I've, I've had good experience every club I've been at and also as you know in, in football management there's some bad experiences but uh, it's been worthwhile Do we take a picture with you? Yeah, one second right, you get your stuff Sam Cheers United got beat 1-0 by Atletico Madrid. Joao Felix scored a well, top-class goal. I thought that United played well in the first half and not in the second half. Um, there's evidence of some good passing movements, the overloads which Eric Ten Hag likes. Atletico are a very difficult team to play against with the five-man defence. I know that Ten Hag wanted his players to push the ball wide and they tended to go direct, which was frustrating to him. United looked a bit light up front. Uh, with Marcus Rashford, Anthony Martial. Uh, Jaden Sancho didn't play and he, he was missed. So I feel a little bit disappointed because I always do when United lose a match. But the occasion was great. It was a beautiful day in Oslo. Um, a 27,000 capacity crowd. I'd say 26,700 of them were Manchester United fans. And I'm in the station the day after the game. We had a great night in Oslo last night. We always get really looked after here. Loads of United fans. People singing, having fun, having drinks. Um, it's a wonderful thing that we, you can experience when you watch Manchester United in Scandinavia. I'm with Lee Martin. Um, welcome, Lee, to United We Stands oh, no podcast. Have you had a good time, mate? Oh, it's been brilliant, mate. I mean, every time we come over to Scandinavia, Oslo, Scandinavia, anywhere in Norway, Sweden, Denmark, the fans are unbelievable. They're just so friendly. We get looked after really well. Like you said, you know, the game was fantastic yesterday. Great crowd, great atmosphere, beautiful day. 
and it was great to see the lads playing in the flesh. Um, I agree with you. I thought we played really well first half. I thought there was some good football, especially early on, created some really good chances. I thought we looked a little bit tired second half, but you know, pre-season takes its toll. We've got you know, we've got a week now rest before the first game. Um, but I thought we played some nice football. Um, yeah, I mean, talking about the full-backs, um, Malassia, I thought he did all right yesterday. I'm going to ask you about full-backs. Before that, um, I've heard unconfirmed reports that you were stood on a stage singing, <laughs> We Are The no, World. No, no, not true. Not That's true. not you. Not, not true, no, no. Somebody maybe looked like me. Someone who looks like you. Uh, holding a microphone which <laughs> that wasn't was, on, which was which was switched off. Yeah, yeah. thinking we are the world, and it sounded like a bit of a tune. Actually. USA for that, yeah. yeah was it USA yeah, for yeah, Africa? I think it was Lionel Richie on the night. <laughs> yeah. So you you played fullback at the highest level. Um, yeah. What do you make of of United's fullbacks at the moment? What did you make of Malassia yesterday? To my unsophisticated eyes, there's a player in there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean he's uh, he's very agile. Um, he looks as if he's going to be good going forward. Um, he, he had a little bit of the ball yesterday. We haven't, we haven't seen a massive amount of him yet, to, to, you know, to make a judgment. But what we've seen so far, you know, he looks really energetic. He likes to get forward, as the you know the fullbacks are encouraged to do. If there's a space there, you know, get into the space and, and join in with play. And that was the same as back in our day. You know, Sir Alex would always say to us, "If you can join in with play, get yourself up there and join in and, and get balls into the box." And I think that hasn't really changed over the years. You know, the style of football that we play, um, the full-backs will be the same, the same today. Um, you know, like you said, the, the, they had five at the back yesterday and it was difficult to break down at times. Everybody behind the ball. But, we, we, you know, we did create some good chances early on. And Fernandes played a great ball down the channel to Marcus early on. Um, and Marcus looked really sharp. Martial looked really sharp early on. Probably could have, could have got a few goals for us, but... Um, I think, I think overall in general, I think pre-season has been really good. I think the fitness is there now um, and we look forward to the, to the first game and it's been really encouraging. I think the, the one thing I've noticed different this year is the, the spirit in the camp looks really good because the managers sort of like instilled that into the players that everybody's got to be together. There's one or two players left as we know um, and you know what I've seen and what I've you know, spoken to a few of the, the ex-players that have been out on the tour have said that the, the atmosphere around the camp is really good so that's encouraging. And we've just got to build now. We've just got it. It's onwards and upwards. Um, we're going in the right direction. I think it's going to be really good for us, the manager. Um, the discipline's there. Players know where they stand. If they're not going to perform, then they, they probably won't play. And that's how it's got to be. So, when I really encourage, yeah. The fullbacks, um, I know they're high, but they seem to be especially high under Ten Hag. Yeah. And the defence seems to be high. It's yeah. quite bold, it's quite yeah. risky. Yeah, yeah. you've got to be um, careful. got to be careful. Uh, I think certain players quite suit it. Victor Lindelof, I thought, did well yesterday. Yeah, yeah I think he did but well. Of the other fullbacks, what, what has Diogo Dalot got? Why do you think he's been starting at right back? I think he's. I think in terms of uh, on the ball, I think he's probably a little bit better than Wan-Bissaka. wan is probably the best defender in the country that we've got, you know, one against one. Um, to make a tackle and get back and defend. Um, I think in terms of going forward, I think Diego Dallo's got the, the edge slightly in that department. And I think that's what, where... Crossing? Crossing, distribution. Uh, passing, distribution, balls into the box. I think he's slightly ahead in that. And I think that's why he's got the nod at the moment. Um, Wan-Bissaka's going to have to fight for his place. He's a, he's a good player. Uh, we've seen what he can do. Um, but he's going to have to fight for his place. The same as Luke Shaw will have to do. When he comes back, if Malassia hits the ground running and has you know five or six good games at the start of the season, and Luke Shaw will be will be fighting for his place. And but that's how it's got to be, isn't it? You know, you've got two players in each position there now that are going to be fighting for places, and, and that's what that's what we need. 
Luke Shaw, when he's at his best, is a very good player. He didn't have a great season last year. He had a good one the season before. Yeah, what, yeah. what does he do well? Um, I think, I think again, going forward, I think he's been brilliant. Yeah, you're right. The season before, he was unbelievable. He was untouchable. You couldn't leave him out. His distribution into the box, his little given goals and then crosses into the box was brilliant. And he, he, you know, he, he chipped in with a couple of goals as well, a couple of important goals, which was good to see. But, um, and he's got the pace as well, Luke. Luke can get back and defend and he's got the pace there. So he's sort of like the all-round, an all-round fullback in a way, uh, on his day. But he's got to get, he's got to be consistent. Like you said, he was last year wasn't as consistent as he was a year before. So that needs to be looked at as well. But the manager will, will, you know, he'll weed everything out and see where everybody stands, and he'll make his own decision on it. Probably not looking great for Alex Tellis, third choice left back at the moment. Yeah, may, maybe not. But that, that's exactly how it works. I mean, that's the, the brutal nature of football, isn't it? You know, players come into clubs and you find yourself down the order and may end up having to. You know, to, to look elsewhere. But who were you up against? Um, well, I mean, I had a, I had a good run for for a few years, and then Dennis came to the club. Right. And you know, Dennis was unbelievable. I have no qualms whatsoever. Dennis, one of the best players we've we've had, one of the best fullbacks in the in Europe at the time. So I had no problem with that whatsoever. But I knew I was in a you know, you're fighting for your place. Then um, I was also right footed as well, and Paul Parker was doing well, so I could have played right back or left back. But uh, the, both lads were doing well. They were consistent, playing in a good side, and they, you know, they, they weren't having too many bad games. So it was difficult to get in then. And then you know, you, you have to exactly the same as Tellerson might have to do. You find yourself looking somewhere else. And when you got into the side, who did you take over? Well, from? Arthur Alberston had played for well, I don't know, 10, 12 years, and Arthur was unbelievable. Arthur was two years in United. Yeah, 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 yeah. With uh, Johnny Morris and Sammy and. <laughs> the 48 final you made me laugh yesterday <laughs> I tell you we had Sam on this podcast earlier on and uh, I see him as this real father figure I know yeah he's and, and I suppose he's always, he's always lived around Ermson so I knew him from being a kid and knew yeah, his family yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, but you lot are winding him up that he <laughs> yeah. played in the 63 Cup final <laughs> and then say that he played with Johnny Morris in the 1948 Cup final and what's la- what makes me laugh about it is it is he correct no I didn't, I didn't. he wasn't really happy about that was he he wasn't very happy yeah that'd make him like 105 now or something like that but <laughs> he's basically having to fend off suggestions yeah. that he's played in uh, so finally um, how do you think they'll do this season um, it's a building the building block season isn't it I think as long as I can see something in us that we're playing well, we're all trying, we're all closing down, and there's a nice style of football and some good football play, then I'll be quite happy with this season. I'm not really bothered where, where we finish, in my mind, as long as I can see there's progress. And that, that's really it for me this season. It'd be nice to win something, it'd be nice to finish top four, um, and I hope we do. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it all again. Top man. All right, mate. Just with um, Anne Shaw and Andy Thompson, uh, both Manchester United fans who travelled to Oslo to watch the game between United and Atletico Madrid. What did you make of it, Anne? Um, I thought it was quite promising. Um, I'm quite optimistic about the new manager. Um, I just think, you know, we're, we're lacking that bit of quality. Um, there was a few occasions when we had breaks on, um, a lot of space in the opposition half, and we were just missing that, that final quality for me. But I am, um, apart from you know recruitment aside, feel really optimistic about the new manager. What have you made of your time in Oslo? Oh, it's a lovely place. This is the um, fourth time I've been, I think. Um, you know, lovely people. Um, great. Always always a great support for United out here. And 
you know, in my eyes, I don't know why they don't do it every every summer because it's not far at all. Andy, um, you stood outside the new museum for Munch, the famous artist. Could you just give us an, an analysis of, of his works? Yeah, I thought Scream was really powerful. It spoke to me. And um, the girls on the bridge as well. Um, the reason I know that is I've literally just seen a bridge that said the girls on the bridge, otherwise I'm pretty much stuck now. Uh, <laughs> You've been to Oslo a few times, haven't you? I have. Um, like, I love it. I think it's I think it's great. I think Ant's right. The people are really nice. Um, everything's really reasonably priced. <laughs> that's, that's the one thing I say. Is, How much is, is a bit of beers? A tenner, no? Well, it was, I think it was eating 12 quid when I was looking yesterday. 12 yeah. quid. Um, but, that, is that 120? Yeah. Yeah, but the exchange rate is... Nah, 120 is about in 10 and a half right. quid. So it's about... It's about bargain. It's, it's a bargain, but they put something in it because um, it makes you do things. Well... You, for example, stood up singing a Rolling Stones song in a packed pub last night, <laughs> jumping around, interspersing the well-known lyrics with Fuck City. <laughs> I yeah. think I did do that, didn't I? Yeah, I know for a fact you did it. But, uh, there's no think no about it. Uh, How are you feeling about United this season? I think I'm pretty much done, but I really like new manager. I was watching him a bit yesterday because I was just behind the um, dugouts. And he has, he has an aura about him. He has that... Um, you can see he's got authority and the players listen to him and he's absolutely rollicking Maguire for missing the header from a corner. Um, I think we are lacking up front, and I was quite, which worries me that I'm actually worried about this, but when they made the subs, um, Martial actually was going to his hamstring and like, doing like a, across his neck, has him. I think there's a moment when Martial went down where you could just see the next day's headlines being written because mm. compounded with the strikers who've left the club in the Cristiano Ronaldo situation, Thankfully, he got up. He did, but we are lacking it up front. But I think we've got, a, we've actually got a style of play now, and we've actually got a structure for the play. And I think that's, I think this this season might be a tough one, but if you stick with him. I think long term he could be a real, the bright appointment and the best appointment for us. And United are looking for strikers as well, and will buy a striker from Everton, Solomon in, Rondo in the, in the transfer window. <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially if Cristiano Ronaldo was to leave the club. Yeah. Uh, there's already been contact, so it's not like United are going to be starting the season a bit light up front, because you're right, mm. because the strikers who are there, um, they might be good, but are they great? And if you consider the players that United are going are gonna to lose. So there will be some more you saw the difference transfer activity. You saw the difference in Liverpool and City, didn't you, yesterday? They had... City had Haaland, but they also had that guy we were supposedly after, even though I don't think we were ever aware after, Alvarez on the bench. And then Liverpool, their new signing scores, you know, they just look streets ahead of us, which we keep saying, but I still think we're only a couple of less players than everyone thinks away. I really believe that. There is a balance, isn't it? Because, like, you, at the same time as wanting the transfers and thinking, you know, Ten Hag needs his players, the last thing I want him to do is go and buy someone who is not the right fit as well. Um, like we have done previously and yeah. even maybe buying a player the manager doesn't want which you know sounds like absolute madness but we've been known to do um, so yeah it's a, it's a balance but I think generally I think everybody seems very positive about what they're seeing from the manager so far we've obviously got a new coach in as well yesterday so you knew about that because you've you know him yeah yeah Benny McCarthy I've known Benny for 20 yeah. years I was pleased I think he's uh he was a very good footballer. I wasn't thinking that when he knocked United out of the Champions League, but they were great goals. I know that Bruno's absolutely buzzing that he's come. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. How come? Because he's an FC Porto fan. 
Is that even? Yeah. Yeah. So he was. Uh, it was like one of his heroes joining the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think that's one of the reasons also for getting him because no. he'll be popular with it? Not because of Bruno. I mean, it'll be well sealed. So I actually agree. I mean, people have been saying, "Oh, yeah, Benny McCarthy's going to tell Ronaldo where to stand." It's not about Ronaldo, is it? It's. I really like what they're trying to do, a specialist. But also, I think you get on with the players, won't you? He always got on with Cristiano when he lived in Manchester. They live around the corner because he was at um, he was at Blackburn Rovers, and they they just got on well. And there's there's been no disagreement there. I'd be more doubtful about Cristiano staying at the club. I think he he speaks four languages. I mean, he's a promising young coach. He speaks Dutch. He was at Ajax. He's been you know he's a United fan as well. Yeah, it's proper lifelong United fan and as a goal scorer he was golden boot in Portugal he's, he's the only South African to win the European Cup so he was a top player and as a journalist I love him because his quotes are absolutely brilliant you can say to him like who'd win a fight out of you or Jose Mourinho he'd like with the mind Mourinho but I'd absolutely waste him if it comes to <laughs> but, but he, he was banned from the Fighting city of La Coruña Mourinho loved him Mourinho wanted to take him to Chelsea actually um he was banned from La Coruña because he celebrated the goals in the Galician derby for Celta Vigo that much that the, the mayor of La Coruña said, you're not welcome in this town anymore. And he loves that. And he was adaptable enough, A, to move to Europe as a young lad. He came out of the townships in Cape Flats. He played in the Gangster League. People used to bet money on him scoring goals. Heavy, heavy people. He was really good friends with a major um, South African gangster. He's not a gangster, he's completely clean, he's yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. good at scoring goals and you could see that these people are attracted to him because he won them money playing in the gangster league and then he went from seven stars to Ajax, so he knows the Ajax way and then he worked his way through, played in Spain, was successful, played in Portugal, played in England, second top goal scorer in the Premier League behind Drogba for Blackburn Rovers, oh, he's a good player. Yeah, and he's, he's really coaching. Enthusiastic. I read about his coaching actually yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. South was, African coach yeah, of the year, yeah. 2021, without a budget. Yeah. So it's a bit left field. Very left. But field. I, I liked it, and he's a specialist striker coach. I'd rather him coaching the strikers, telling them his art, yeah. and honing their art than a generic coach. Yeah. I think it could be quite a smart appointment. Yeah. I suppose that's the thing. Why you have a specialist goalkeeper coach, which I know it is a special position. We don't normally have a strikers coach or. a yeah, defence coach do you often some of the lads in the Premier League they, they do take private coaching from strikers um, but but at, uh, at United to have one in working there and he's obviously made a good impression mm. Eric's not just plucked his name out no. he's made a good impression so he's been there on the field um, showing his drills he's a fully qualified uh, coach at the highest level he's lived in Manchester before he's partners from uh, Edinburgh so I've, I've stayed in really regular touch with him. Once in 2015, I went to see him in Edinburgh and he, he told me he was going to... Some mates had asked him to play for their Sunday league team at the weekend. Um, or like really low down, not even semi-pro level. So he did. Did he score? For a buzz. I need to check that out with him, but you won't just get a yes or no. It'll be like, I absolutely marmalise the defence. <laughs> but I like that character. I like him, you know, he's... He looked great. He looked pleased as punched in on the um, I'll be buzzing. on on the pitches. You see him start just about like Carrington was like he'll be uh, he'll be buzzing. And then um, we've got the Rayo game about to start. We can't go to that because we're in we're in Oslo. 
and then it's Brighton for the start of the season. We're working on the new United We Stand, we've just got the Brighton fan in. There's loads of inside information in that, especially in the, the gutter snipe section. Stuff which you will not know. You can get all your stuff on the internet for free, but if you want better, there's other ways of doing it. And uh, loads of you have subscribed to United We Stand for the season, so we appreciate that. And your deadline's Monday. If you want the next 10 issues, um, go to uwsonline.com. You'll see a link for the subscriptions. And our argument is, if enough of you subscribe, we'll, we'll hold the price because paper's gone up 45% in the last year. It's a nightmare, really. And then my, my uh, print manager just said, I said, look, is it just going to keep going up and up? He just said, probably get a, an energy surcharge because obviously it's pretty intensive to, to print stuff. So, look, everyone's got problems at the moment. Let's hope that Manchester United's uh, not among the big ones when the season starts. Where do you think the team are going to finish this year? I'm quite confident. I think we can, you know, win the league. And <laughs> no, I think we can. I, when I say confident, it does sound like um, you know I shouldn't be saying fourth, but you have to, you know, there has to be some realization of where we're at. You know, we lost six away games on the, the balance at the end of last season. Um, we've got a real disjointed squad with um, a manager that probably, you know, maybe half the players at best will fit into his style. I would imagine. So you know, I'm I'm confident that he can get them playing in a style, and I think we'll start to look like a better team about March, April next year. So I think fourth and a cup. I think that's um, that would be, in my mind, class as a good season. Even though you know some people will be listening and saying that lowers expectations, but you know we have to be upfront about where we are. Andy, I know you really enjoy the transfer window, and, you, and you'll be gutted when that ends in, yeah, I love in, it. in a month's time. That grip on me. <laughs> I know you engage with uh, lots of transfer chat. <laughs> How are you feeling about United? Um, I've really enjoyed the break. I've really enjoyed just not thinking about football. Um, I'm not even really looking into it, so I don't even know half the time who we're after. Um, I just make up some names. Yeah, people have come up to me this weekend and said, "What about him?" I'm like, "I'm a professional football play? journalist. I've never even heard of this person." <laughs> Like, yeah, but he, he played 17 minutes for Palermo last season, oh, did he? Yeah. And that went well, didn't it, with yeah. that Adam, what is it called, Diallo? Well, that's, yeah. that's a £50 million yeah. pound player these yeah. days, isn't Jesus it? Christ. Yeah. Um, I, I'm actually thinking sixth. I, I think sixth, but I think a really good cup run in one of the cups will... The world, we don't know what's going to happen with the transfer window, not closed yet, and also the World Cup. I think it's just a weird season. So. It is a weird season and Eric's preparing for that in terms of the way that he's structuring his squad. I think also the way he's done pre-season. It's been really interesting the way he's almost played the team for 60, 70 minutes every game. So you know pretty much we know what the team will be against Brighton because he's played them in every pre-season game. So I, I find that interesting because that's different. We've never seen that before. You know, Liverpool did 30 minutes of, of like 33 players or something they played. But I suppose it's different when you don't have Astro inhalers. Right. <laughs> I'll join you for the next podcast after the Brighton game. And that will be at Old Trafford. Hopefully talking after a win. And the season will commence. Cheers, boys.